sponsored by the Facial Paralysis and Bell's Palsy Foundation and by Rise Physical Therapy. This is Unique Smiles, the Facial Paralysis Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian April. Welcome, everybody, to Unique Smiles, the Facial Paralysis Podcast, uh, which you can now catch all episodes on Apple and Google Podcasts and YouTube by searching Unique Smiles or the Facial Paralysis Podcast. Today, my guest is Stephen Maldonado, uh, who has facial paralysis from Mobius Syndrome. He's currently serving on the Mobius Syndrome Foundation Board of Directors. And Stephen, thank you so much for taking time out today. Yeah. Hey, Brian. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks a lot. Glad to have you. Uh, so first and foremost, for those who, who don't know, what is Mobius? Mobius syndrome is a condition from birth. It affects the sixth and seventh cranial nerves. So usually they're either missing altogether or they're just um, not completely developed in, in individuals. And so the telltale sign for Mobius is usually no expressions. Um, the person can't smile. The person can't make, um, you know, any kind of facial expressions or cues. They can't blink. They can't wink. Those kind of things. And and really, with Mobius, um, there are different levels. So, for example, someone can be, you know, just really have the facial paralysis and no other symptoms. Others might have a little more things like uh, trouble with uh, breathing, trouble with balance um they might be missing uh hands or other limbs so it really does vary in, in severity are there any known causes do they know what what uh, triggers this so right now um they don't know how why this occurs i know there's research being done to try and figure out is it a gene or is it you know something else maybe a conception that happens but yeah right now there's no known cause for it is it uh, always bilateral? So actually, um, it can be either bilateral or unilateral. So it, so one side can be affected. Um, actually, um, in my case, I only have one side that's affected as far as um, my lower part of my face, but my, my eyes both do not close or blink on their own. So yeah, it, it can be either or. Let's start uh, with you. Tell me a little bit uh, about you growing up. What was life like uh, as a child dealing with Mobius? Yeah, so I'd say growing up, um, you know, going through kindergarten and through fifth grade, I, I would say, uh, you know, I really didn't have that that much of a, um, you know, un, uh, normal childhood. I mean, I, it was normal, but I, I mean, I didn't have, like it, it wasn't really different. Like I felt like, you know, I grew up, I, I had friends, I went to, to you know, school, had teachers didn't like me. I did fine as far as grades. So I think uh, overall, you know, I felt like I grew up pretty, pretty normally. And uh, of course, you know, the, there was bullying. There was kids that would kind of make comments or I guess single me out because they, they saw I was, I was different in a way. But um, overall, you know, I seemed to always make friends and be able to adjust and enjoy, um, you know, enjoy grade school. Um, I, I'd say really where it got a little hard was uh, sixth grade because actually I moved to a different school district to start sixth grade. So I went from, you know, having friends I had known, you know, since I was a kid to really being the new kid and having to really 
start fresh. And that was pretty difficult because, you know, I was always sort of a quiet, shy kid. So trying to make friends and just trying to be the extrovert was, was hard. And on top of that, you know, I, I was kind of self-conscious about my appearance and, you know, how I came off to people. So, you know, those were some hard years, but then high school, a little the same, but it, it, it definitely got better. And, it, you know, it, as I made friends and found myself, it, it definitely got better. Now, did your parents, did they do anything in particular that helped you kind of deal with the either the bullying or just with the uh, Mobius in general growing up? Yeah. So, I, you know, I was lucky enough to, to have both, you know, a mother and a father and a grandmother who who were very pivotal in my, you know, my younger years and yeah i think their their stance was you know yeah you're a little different but at the same time you know you can try things you want to try you can go out there and and you know see the world and figure out the world that you know you're fine just you know do that and they they always push me to to try things to to get out there and you know make friends meet people and i, I think that was great because i think it sort of allowed me to feel comfortable, you know, at home. And from there, I think I had a good foundation to kind of springboard on, you know, into social settings at school and what have you. And of course it was, it was still hard, but I think having that support system and, and having the outlook of, you know, okay, well, my parents think, you know, I should, I should go out there and just be myself. So I'm going to do that and see what happens. And I think it's been great so far. So what ex- advice would you give to parents who have a uh, young child with Mobius? Yeah, so I would say do your best to let them see that, yes, there's a, they might have a difference and they, they might, um, it, it, you know, number one, it's okay to, to see that and accept that. And number, number two, I would, you know, I would say let them just go out, go out there and try things and, you know, let them try out for the soccer team or let them try, you know, band or just let, let them be who they want to be. And, um, you know, of course it's okay to, to do things, uh, if you want to try and just, you know, help them, you know, as far as maybe talking to teachers, talking, talking to the school and just, you know, setting them up for a good, a good school, um, environment. But at the same time, I would say, you know, I'm very much a proponent of just, you know, let them get out there and experience life and, I think they'll find that, yeah, there's some bumps, but at the same time, those bumps will help them grow and and enjoy the journey. That's great advice. Now, you talked a little bit about social settings. Uh, I know you went to Texas A&M for college. What was your experience like with that and maybe with dating? Sure. So I'll start with uh, college. Um, so yeah, actually, I went to Texas A&M for, for my uh, graduate degree, and you know, I have to say that was a little intimidating um, just because, so I was studying business and business is very much a, um, you know, a presentation type uh, field. You know, people have to look their best and just present themselves in a way um, that, you know, lets people see that they're going to be good employees. They're going to do good work. They're going to be, you know, valuable members of, of the team. So, you know, I have to, I have to say, you know, having a facial difference that it, it was, it was tough to really 
not overthink myself and not overthink, you know, okay, well, here are these, um, for example, for our graduate program, you know, we had other people in the, in the group that were, uh, they, you know, engineers, they were salesmen, they were financial consultants. So, you know, they're pretty polished. And, you know, I was too, but at the same time, I knew that, you know, I, I had a small difference. So it really, um, it was a great growing period for me. You know, I, I think I really uh, was able to, to at that point learn about myself in terms of how I can function, you know, in a group of people that are business-minded. And also, I think it just taught me that, you know, at that point, you know, I was probably around uh, 28, 29 going to grad school. So I think at that point, from what I had learned, you know, going, going through grade school, going through high school, going to undergrad, I, I think just taking all that, it really was the next step in my development um, as a person, you know, as a person with Mobius and as a person just in general. So um, overall, it was a great experience. I, I really learned a lot, not only about business, but also myself. And I learned um, that, hey, you know, I can hang with other people that are in business and, you know, I, I'm, I've done pretty well for myself. So I, I, I think it's just overall, it's been a, a great, great experience. And then to touch on your question about, you know, dating and those kind of thing, uh, that kind of thing. So to go back a little bit, so, you know, back in junior high, back in high school, I, I really didn't date. And looking back, you know, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. So looking back, I think if I would have been just a little more, a little more um, willing to just go for it and just try things and just talk to people, I might have had a different result. But at the time, I was just really, really a shy kid, and I didn't really understand myself yet. So I wasn't quite there in terms of asking a girl out or trying to develop to develop some, some kind of dating relationship with someone else. So, um, I, I so think... yeah, you know. Yeah, I think you just described everybody that's ever gone through school that always looks back and goes, man, if I had only been a little more, you know, confident or a little more whatever. So I, I think you've, uh, you're right there with everybody else. Right, exactly. And, you know, that's a good point because, honestly, dating itself is hard no matter who you are. So, yeah, I mean, um, looking back, I mean, that was definitely my thought process, but just in terms of um, you know going going through high school, go, going to college, um, getting into the workforce, you know, I, I I did eventually date, and I feel like um, yeah, of course, I, I think initially people um, tend to have to get to know me a, a little better at first because they might wonder about my facial difference. I think ultimately um, it really is about just being okay with yourself and showing that to others, and they tend to be okay, and then from there. You know, it's kind of just um, another day, I guess, and just another experience. Now, did you find that there are a lot of misconceptions people have about you because of Mobius? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's, yeah, I, I'd say definitely. And, and I think our community um, would agree as well. Um, but yes, I, I'd say, for, uh, for instance, I think, you know, uh, initially people tend to, for example, when I was in, in, in you know, I think fourth, fifth grade, um, my teachers, most of them were, you know, were great, but I had a couple that were, sometimes they, they would just kind of make remarks or they would just, you know, pull me aside and just kind of make sure I was 
I was doing okay in my schoolwork, and if I needed any extra extra attention, and usually I didn't because you know I was an okay student. But uh, I, I think just you know those kind of things, they, they people just have, people were curious, so they they just didn't know about Mobius and you know why I'm I, I, I you know seem different. So I think I think those kind of things really you know were important to just get over for myself and just kind of push through. And beyond that. Um, you know, another example is, is I was older. I remember one time I was working out at the gym, and this this guy working out kind of next to me kind of uh, kind of stopped and looked at me and just said, "Oh, you know, good job, buddy." And just in a very weird way, because you know, there I was with other, you know other people my age, um, just doing the same thing that they were, but I was singled out because mm-hmm. you know I'm not sure why. You know, m- maybe he was just being a nice guy, but at the, at the same time, you know, I feel like I've had those kind of experiences where people tend to single me out and it's because they, they might think, you know, I'm, you know, just different in whatever way they, they think. But uh, yeah, it definitely happens um, here and there. Yeah. That's really common. I, I know I get that. I get um, people think that I'm angry or that I'm drunk or uh, some people will think that uh, people with a facial difference are slow, right? That sort of thing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's always fascinating that people, you know, what the, their perception of you is just based on your, your looks. So I have a, a, another question. I know you're into a lot of hobbies and activities. And what do you say to people who are uh, afraid to pursue things outside because of, you know, facial paralysis or a facial difference? I'd say in my experience, really the hardest part is just taking that step to actually try out a, you know, a hobby, for example, or just do what you want to do. Um, because in my experience, once you're there doing it and you're enjoying yourself or you're with a group and you're involved, I think at that point, you know, it, it's kind of the hard part's done at that point. You're, you're doing it, you're enjoying yourself and you're actually in the moment. So I think that, you know, it's just, it's, it's important to, to really just not, to not overthink and to not be, to not let your thoughts or your notions about what people might think or, you know, might say, stop you from enjoying what you want to enjoy. Um, Because, you know, for example, I think uh, for me, you know, and even now, you know, as much as I've grown, as much as I've gone out and done things and traveled and all that, I, I still have moments where I, you know, want to go out and do an activity or, go out and just enjoy a night with friends and you know I might feel like a little anxious about the environment or just if I might see someone who might make a comment about you know me or something along those lines but no at the end of the day I I, I think just doing it will allow the person to learn so much about themselves and I think the more you do it the easier it gets and then it's you know at one point you're going out all the time and you're enjoying yourself and it's just an afterthought you mentioned about people possibly making comments. How do you deal with that when that does happen? Yeah. So really I've had to, I really had to, you know, as far as me, me now, I, I definitely handle it differently than I used to before when I was younger, I'd say, you know, maybe under 18, under 20 years old. I, I just used to really not like when people would ask about, you know, Mobius or just make a comment like, Oh, what happened to you or this or that. So, so yeah, I used to really not, not enjoy that at all, but actually I, at some point I, I realized that 
you know, it's a, it's a chance for me to educate someone about Mobius and to let them know that, uh, you know, what it is, because maybe at some point, you know, they might meet somebody else that has the same thing or a similar condition. So it just, you know, it lets them know that, you know, number one, it's, it's nothing that's, you know, it's a very personal thing to, to tell someone a condition that you have or, you know, a condition that you've had from birth. So I, I think for me, it just, it just really comes down to knowing that you're letting them understand a little more about you, but also um, it lets you kind of, for, for me at least, it, it lets me kind of, uh, I call it self-medicate. So I kind of, you know, the more I tell people about it, you know, the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is this is me letting the world know what Mobius is, and that's pretty cool because that's one of my goals is to bring awareness to the condition and bring work bring awareness to to um, our community. So, I, you know, I, I enjoy it now. That's a a great attitude and a, and a great answer, and it's also something I'm um, very passionate about with the Ramsey Hunt syndrome, which is what I have, which is why I started this podcast, uh, first and foremost, and then, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, I do stand-up comedy, and so I, I talk about it uh, on stage and try to raise awareness through that as well. So uh, I think it's great that we have people that are getting out there and, and trying to educate the public and you know let them know that there are these, these conditions out there and it's okay, and I, I just think the more people that we have out there who, who can do that, uh, the better for us all. So I have a couple more questions for you. Uh, now, you're, you're involved in the uh, Mobius Syndrome Foundation. You're on the board of directors. How did you get involved in that? So in 2014, I actually went to my first Mobius conference. Um, it was in D.C., and that was really that was awesome because uh, that was the first time I had been in a room with so many others with Mobius. So, you know, not only did I make friends that I talk to even still today, but I, you know, I learned a lot about resources and things about the condition that I didn't, I didn't realize were even a thing. So, so that was just a really eye-opening, great experience for me. And since 2014, I had just kept in touch with, um, you know, friends, um, people that have, that I have met that work or, volunteered with the foundation. So um, in 2018, there was a call for applications and I, you know, I just applied, um, told them why I wanted to be involved and things worked out. And then I started my term in 2018. And yeah, ever since then, it's been been really cool. Um, You know, I've met um, a lot more people with Mobius and um, just trying to do my part to help others. That's awesome. Now, is there, are there, I know there are a couple of upcoming events. There's the Mobius Syndrome uh, Awareness Day, and that's January 24th. Is that correct? Yes. And are there any plans for that, or, or what is the goal behind that with the Mobius Syndrome Foundation? Yeah, so, so really, that's a, that's a community-wide um, day that's celebrated you know, uh, with, with people, by people with Mobius. So uh, really what, what happens is, um, you know, all over the country and maybe even the world, um, people hold events. This, this can be things such as, um, you know, gatherings at uh, venues where they get together and, you know, uh, have lunch or dinner and just, you know, network and just 
you know, have a nice, a, a nice time. Um, you might have speakers that come by and give short presentations about resources for Mobius. And then, you know, you, you might have uh, school-age children that uh, they, they, you know, have uh, their, their classrooms hold special parties for Mobius syndrome. They might, the kids might, you know, share Mobius with their classmates and, you know, they'll, they'll just, they'll, they'll learn about the condition some more. Um, and then, uh, yeah, really it's just up to each um, individual, you know, I, I would say in the U.S. there's several areas that have a, uh, a condensed population of people with Mobius, so they turn it together. I know uh, there's one in Texas, California, New York, um, and so really it's just a day that celebrates Mobius, and, and it's a day that people can choose however they want to to bring awareness to to Mobius and it's kind of like our, our holiday, I guess, if you, if you will. So, uh, yeah, so it, I mean, uh, and, and, and lastly, the, um, I guess the, the theme is, you know, everyone, everybody wears purple. So like a purple shirt, purple, purple jacket or what have you. And, uh, yeah, it just, um, you know, it's been around for a while now and I think it's, 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 it's really great for us. Now, if somebody wanted to create an event, uh, for awareness day, how would they go about doing that? Sure. So there. So actually, yeah. So our website, which is mobiasyndrome.org, they can go on there, and there is a specific page. I want to say it's it's titled um, Awareness Day, um, and there's resources, and there is I believe there should be a contact information for um, for our uh, representative who can who can give more information as far as you know if they if they want to hold if someone wants to hold an event somewhere or if they if they want some uh, resources that I'm, I I believe the foundation provides pamphlets and some other materials to hand out on awareness day so yeah definitely go to the website and you can find information and what was that website one more time sure so it's Mobius syndrome that's M O E B I U S S Y N D R O M E dot O R G. And then I know that there's also um, a convention coming up in July. Yeah, so that's going to be um, so every two years we have a national convention, and this year it's going to be in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I believe July 17th through July 19th, and yeah, that's where um, the foundation holds, uh, it, you know, the biggest conference of the, uh, of the year. It's it's a place where people can get together, network, meet each other. Um, there's speakers about, I mean, about things such as uh, speech, about, uh, you know, facial reanimation surgery. There's uh, everything from surgeons to eye, eye specialists to therapists that, that are there and yeah it's a it's a really great time it's um you know i i think for for me going to my first one in 2014 it's really great to meet others and, and i think anyone who goes will find themselves changed afterwards that sounds like an amazing time um is that also something you would go through mobiasyndrome.org uh, to find out about yes definitely um if you go on the website you there should be a, a page that's that says uh, Mobius Conference uh, 2020, and if you also if you search um, through Google Mobius Syndrome Foundation Conference 2020, it should pull up the the page for you. So, yeah, definitely go 
go there and, and check it out. Awesome. So yeah, I think that's it for, for questions. And I, I just want to say, Stephen, thank you so much uh, for your time today and for the information. And if people want more information, they can go to mobiussyndrome.org to uh, find out about Awareness Day, to find out uh, about the convention. And I uh, just want to say thanks again for, for taking the time and, and coming on.